0: Hey guys, it's Kathy. I wanted to share some bonus episodes with you from my bootcamp that I'm doing. We're talking all about what it takes to create a successful podcast that you love, that makes an impact, and that can help you build the abundant life you've always dreamed of. It's completely free to join the bootcamp. So if you want to be there live and you want to hear what's going on every single day, you can sign up at kathyhellercom slash bootcamp. So here's a piece from yesterday's discussion. I hope you enjoy it. Hi guys, we are live for day two and we're so excited to be here. So you guys, today we are gonna go further on this journey. Yesterday, we talked about podcasting and we talked about why, why, why podcast? Why go ahead and have a podcast? And we talked about, because it's about intimacy and we talked about how we live in a time where there is an empathy deficit and we talked about how needed that is and we talked about the growing market of podcasts because people are so thirsty for connection. And I'll tell you what's interesting is, so it used to be right that we don't all watch television. We talked about that. And it used to be that advertisers used to spend a lot of money on TV advertising. But we now see, and if you read this and you study this and you look at the data, everyone's always out, look at the data. Advertisers are spending more and more and more and more money where? in podcasting because of the engagement of the engagement, right? And so they find that people who listen to podcasts are like 60% more likely to buy something because they heard about it on a podcast. Because again, it's the depth, it's the engagement. So we're going to talk today about engagement. We're going to talk today about engagement. And I think that that's going to blow your mind in the best way, because it's going to help you see what's really doable, because I think what we tend to do a lot, which is really not helpful, is we overestimate what it takes to do it, to make it worthwhile. And we underestimate what we can do if we actually focus on the right stuff. There's a difference between working hard and working smart, right? It's about understanding, like, how do you trim all the fat? Like, what really do you need to do to grow, engage, successful, Powerful, impactful podcast and everything else delete, right? Just focus on what is important. Before we dive in, because I'm going to give you a lot of stuff to think about today. I want to put something here. Okay. I want to just like take a second and talk about what does it mean when we get overwhelmed? And why am I talking about it? Because I'm about to teach you a lot of stuff today. And sometimes we get overwhelmed. And so we want it. We think we want it. We want to know all the things. And before I tell you more of the things, I want to lay the groundwork, sort of like when you're painting, right? First you prime the walls so that when you go to paint it, the paint sticks, right? Because if you don't put that primer on, then it's going to be harder. And so Seth Godin is one of my mentors. He's so brilliant. He's so kind and he's so cool, and he wears cool glasses. And he said to me that every human being, so that's all of us, we hit a dip. The difference between successful people and people who are not finding success, it's not that they don't all hit the dip. They all hit the dip, right? Psychology says that every person is going to hit that dip. In fact, you hit it sometimes once a day, sometimes once a week, sometimes twice a month. You hit it. You all hit it. We all hit the dip. The difference is how we deal with it. The difference is how we get through it. So we talked about that a tiny bit yesterday, grit and the grittiness, and how that's the number one factor that determines if someone's successful in anything, whether it's podcasting or it's learning guitar. It's the grittiness, like you have to cultivate grit. And so I'm saying this because I'm about to teach you like a ton of stuff about engagement and an audience and things to do. And for me, right, at this like 30,000 foot view, I can just kind of rattle those things off because now it's second nature, right? It's kind of like once you have kids, before you have the kid, oh my gosh, before you have the first baby, you're reading all these books, you're feeling so overwhelmed, you're like, you need the the, the the seat in the car, but then you need the thing that transfers it into the buggy. And then you need like, did you warm up the wipes or do you not need to warm the bottle? Or do, I mean, it's just like all kinds of like overwhelmed, but then I have three kids, thank God. Right. So like now, like it's just like second nature. Like I know like how to multitask and how to get them out the door and what they need and what they don't need and you know, what to focus on and what. So for me, I'm going to tell you a bunch of things today. And at this point, I've just integrated all those things. And so it's not overwhelming for me, but it might be a little bit overwhelming for you because you're catching your breath. You're beginning to even fathom, can I do this? Okay. Can I do this? And so I want to call it out. I want to call out. There might be a little part of you or a big part of you that feels overwhelmed by this. There might be a part of you that really wants this. And then a part of you that gets defeated. So I want you to ask yourself now, if you start to feel overwhelmed 12 minutes into today's session, or you felt overwhelmed yesterday, or you think you might feel overwhelmed, why? Let's talk about it. Let's anticipate it. Is it because you feel like you're not enough? Is it because you feel like you don't have the time to do this? Is it because you feel like you can't figure out the tech? Honestly, because the truth of the matter is you can do this. In fact, the reason I'm sitting here is because I don't believe, I know. There's a difference in belief and knowing, right? I don't believe this is a table. I know it's a table. I know. I know that you have the capacity to create a podcast, find it fulfilling, make revenue from it, and enjoy it. I know that. I don't believe it. I know it. I wouldn't be sitting here if I thought this was a futile thing that you could never Create something that you found fulfilling, that you put yourself into, that gave you a sense of purpose and impact, and that you can make revenue from. I wouldn't sit here and do it because that would be so ridiculous. You can go ahead and find the evidence that so many people, regardless of their background or what their topic is or their gender or their religion, like you can find the evidence that so many people have been able to do that, right? When JFK said they were going to put a man on the moon, that hadn't been done. And even that, he was like, we'll figure that out. We'll figure it out, right? This is not bad. This happens all the time. People start podcasts and they find a way to find themselves, come alive and open their hearts. And they create a connection and they form an audience. And they engage with that audience and they build revenue from it because revenue follows value, okay? And we're gonna talk about that tomorrow. Tomorrow is an important day. Do not miss tomorrow. Tomorrow we're gonna talk about monetizing. But what has to happen before you monetize is that there's people, right? Because the difference between a hobby and a business is economics. And the way that we make money is by serving a human. A person has to want or need what you do. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Before we monetize, we have to have human beings, right? An audience of humans who wants what it is that we have. And there is evidence. You could find evidence today in your homework. We're going to ask you a question about like, what podcast do you like? And who would you want to switch places with as a podcaster? Like have you think about it There is enough evidence for you to know that tons of people have done this and they're no better than you. It's not about smart. Okay. I want you to understand people don't care as much about what you know. They want to know how much you care. It's about how much you care. Okay. That's podcasting. Podcasting is the ultimate radical Empathy relationship. And so you have that in space. So if you feel overwhelmed, I want you to anticipate what's that going to be about. And I want you to tell yourself right now what you're going to do about it. If you start to get overwhelmed in five minutes or in three days, what are you going to do now? Anticipate what you're going to do. Tell yourself right now, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to remind myself that my mind is selling me a bag of lies and I'm going to just keep taking one step forward. Or I'm going to take a walk or I'm going to just notice, oh my gosh, there I go again, feeling overwhelmed and wanting to forget the whole thing. Anticipate it now so that it doesn't take you out of the game. And by the way, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so if you're taking on something new like learning Japanese or wanting to renovate your bathroom, you're, gonna, you're going to have a moment where you feel overwhelmed. That's what learning is. There is a growth curve the successful people in the world anticipate that. They know that's coming. That doesn't shock them. They go, yeah, this is new. When your nervous system registers something is new, it goes, oh my God, mayday, this is unsafe. It's only feeling unsafe because it's new. That doesn't mean it's not safe. It just means, all right, I'm gonna roll up my sleeves and I'm going to figure out how to renovate this bathroom. Okay, this feels overwhelming. Whoa, let me just notice that. How am I going to do it? What's my next right step? And then you pick the tile or you call somebody or you ask for help or you watch a YouTube video and then you go, I'm doing it. I'm getting it. Look, mom, no hands. This is important. This is essential. Okay. When I started podcasting, just like you, I felt overwhelmed for sure. I also had three kids. I had no free time zero free time. I didn't have a full-time nanny and I had a two-week-old. There was no free time and I had all the same thoughts that you have, right? Like every single person in the world at one point or another has imposter syndrome. We go, who am I to do this? I think that all the time. Before I got married, I was like, who am I to do this? What am I thinking? This is insane. How am I going to do this? Right? Okay, here's the deal. Who is anyone to do anything? Think about it. Who's anyone to do anything? Nobody's God. Nobody's perfect. That's not a thing. Nothing is perfect. There's not even straight lines in nature. There's no perfect. The only thing you need to be the person is the willingness, the willingness to grow, the willingness to be present. Okay? Now, let's talk about how to build an audience. That's what we're talking about today. If I asked you, this is going to be a very significant question, if I asked you, what is more important, a large audience, as many listeners as possible, or a small audience that's super engaged? What do you think the answer is? Yes, I see people saying engagement, engagement, engagement. You're right. But I want to talk about this for a second. Because in the world that we live in, when you talk to people, there is a fixation on the wrong thing. Straight up, feel like Paul Abdul. Straight up now, Tom. Listen, I'm gonna tell you straight. People are obsessed with the wrong thing. I mean, for all kinds of reasons. Most people think that in order to have an audience, it needs to be big. I'm gonna tell you the trick, the secret, the hairpin turn that will change everything about what will be the most amazing podcast and the most amazing revenue and the most amazing impact is not focusing on this, the width. it's focusing on the depth. Depth, write that word, depth, depth, depth. The truth of the matter is we live in a culture where people are checking their likes, where people are looking for validation in the wrong way. They want more people. They want more of the popular vote. It's not that. That is not what has made anyone successful. Please hear me. Please, please listen. If you actually want to make an impact and you actually want to be the person standing there who's actually changing the world, changing lives, doing something that matters and that ultimately makes revenue because revenue follows value. We're gonna talk about that tomorrow. Then what needs to matter most Here's your new compass. This is your North Star. Are you ready? Your job, your job. Listen to me close. Listen to me good. Your job is not to set out to have 40 million downloads. Okay, that's where I am now. That's not your job. That's not your job. That's not your job, okay? I didn't set out to do that either. I'll tell you what I set out to do because I'm smart, honestly, because I don't work hard. I work smart because I had a songwriting business before I did this, and I did that the same way. And I'm going to tell you what you do. Your job in creating a podcast, your new compass that's like pointing you north. Ready? A thousand superfans. Write it down. One thousand super fans. That's the peak of the summit. That's the peak. I'm talking about that is your peak. You are going to look at that like that is the ultimate standing on top of the summit, looking out over the San Fernando Valley at the twinkly lights. You've all seen that view on Mulholland that you've seen in every movie. That's that view. That's it for you. That is it for you. Please listen. Please embody it. Take it in. If you get to a moment, not 40 million, not a million, not a 100,000, not 10,000. If you can arrive at a destination called 1,000 humans in the world who love you, I am telling you, as sure as I'm sitting here, that is your golden ticket. That is what you want. That is called transformation, major impact, millions of dollars. That is what that is. That, okay? So different than trying to just gather every human, everyone in the world. No, Seth Godin, I was talking about him before, He said to me, Kathy, what's the difference between the Grateful Dead and every other artist of their time? What's the difference? A lot. Now have to admit, I can sing you many Taylor Swift songs. I don't know any Grateful Dead songs. Don't hate. So sorry. Wasn't born in that generation. Don't know the music. Here's the difference is what Seth Godin taught taught me. People who like Billy Joel or people who like Tom Petty, they really, 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 really like them. They love them. They do. They do. I'm not taking anything away, but here's what Seth Godin said to me. People who like the Grateful Dead don't like them. They don't love them. They're obsessed with them. Do you understand? Do you understand the difference? It's obsession. It's obsession. Okay, obsession is different than love, okay? it's visceral. So Seth said to me, the Grateful Dead knew what they were doing. They weren't trying to get everybody in the world to like them. They weren't interested. They weren't wasting their time on that. Instead, they found a small, small subset of the humans in this world, and they focused on them. They made community out of them. And here's what happened even though their songs were not on the top 40. Their songs were not hitting the billboard charts. They made more money and they made more impact. Why? Because they created community. Why? Because instead of somebody saying, oh my gosh, I've seen James Taylor three times. He's amazing. I love him. Nope. Nope. No. Grateful Dead fans tell you, I've been to 407 shows. That's what they tell you. They don't tell you that they love... Shower the people, and they don't tell you that they love River of Dreams. No, they don't tell you that. Even though I'm a big James Taylor fan, okay, saw so him at the Hollywood Bowl, cried my eyes out. But Seth Godin said that is not the experience for a Grateful Dead fan. Not the experience. The experience is I have every record, every one. I I don't go to see a show. I go on the tour. I spend my whole summer with them. Okay, so. What he's saying is so important. When I watch people start a podcast, they make the biggest mistake. They're trying to get everybody in the world to like them. Is that possible? Yes or no? That is a race you shouldn't be racing. You don't want to win that race. It's not possible because it's not effective. Okay, You're not everybody's person. You don't need everyone to like you. You need your people to be obsessed with you. And that is all you need. So when you compare yourself to someone with 315 million Instagram followers, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's a waste of your time. What you need is to have a obsessed group of people. Let me tell you something. My friend Britt Morin, she also has a podcast and she's such an incredible human being. She's been raising money for female entrepreneurs and venture capital. She used to work at Facebook. When I say used to, I mean, she was one of the first people at Facebook. And she said to me something so fascinating. She said that when they were first working on that project, I mean, it was a project in the beginning. Mark Zuckerberg came into the room and there was like 12 of them. And he said, oh my gosh, you guys, this is going to be the biggest thing that's ever happened to the world. And she said, why? How do you know? And he said, because we just got the data back and it shows a virality rate of 1.4. And she scratched her head and she goes, 1.4? I thought he was gonna say 100 or 1,000. What is 1.4? What is that? That sounds like nothing. And he said, no, it's everything. He said, let me tell you what it means. He said, it means that everyone who's using Facebook, this was in the beginning, he said, they are compelled to tell 1.4 people. That's not even two people, but 1.4. He said, what that means is it's viral because it's not even a possibility that they won't tell somebody else. They are telling someone else immediately. 1.4. And then Britt said to me, Kathy, do you know what that is likened to? She said, if you watched the news during the pandemic, They used to say things like, we're trying to get the number, the virality number under one. She said, because when it was one, even just one, that was the problem because it meant that it was a fait accompli that every time one person had it, they immediately had it happened. They gave it to somebody else. When we got it under one, we started seeing things slow down. So what I'm here to tell you is if you make something, and one person is not just kind of into it, but they love it, here's what will happen. They will be compelled to tell one more person. So you don't want to make something for everyone because it's impossible for you to have the world as an audience, everyone as an audience, and make something they're obsessed with. But if you have in mind a group, a small group of humans, and we'll talk about that in a second, then you can go deep. Then you can make something that this small group of humans loves, and because they are obsessed with it, they keep coming back, and they have to tell their friends, and then you have a giant, booming, engaged audience. And once you have that, you have everything. Who knows what is the most watched TV show? Period. Right now. Currently, what is the most watched TV show? I'll tell you a hint. It's not a show that's on TV. It's not even on television. Okay? It was on television. The Office. The Office. Why do you think The Office has more of a cult following than friends than stranger things? The Office is the most watched show. And think about this for a second. Do you know how much content there is? Do you know how much content there is? Okay? Why is The Office so big? Because when they made that show, they did it differently. Everybody was zigging. They didn't zig. They zagged. Why? Because instead of saying, we're going to cast the most beautiful cast, and we're going to talk in the most amazing ways, and we're going to have all this incredible it's high tech. No, they did not do that. They didn't do that. What they did is they said, how do we take? ordinary people, ordinary life, ordinary things, people who look like you and me, people who have hearts that break like you and me, people who struggle, people who have just quirks like us. And how do we shine a light on that? And it's been fun. On my podcast, I've had a few of them on. Brian Baumgartner, who played Kevin, Jenna, obviously, Pam, and Rain Wilson was on my podcast twice. He's like the best human. He said that for many of the episodes when it first started, they thought it was going to get canceled because Greg Daniels, who created the show, just did it differently. And he bet on what I'm saying. He made a bet. He made a bet. He doubled down. He put everything he had on this bet that instead of trying to please the masses, he would find a group of people who got it, who really got it, who said, oh, I get what you're doing. Instead of the show moving really, really quickly, it was like slow and awkward. It was like really watching real people like, you know, have like normal train wreck moments. He put everything on that bet and he won. He won. Okay. If you look at, there are certain businesses that they have made everything they've made on word of mouth. How many of you know the business Lush? It's like soaps and like bath bombs. My kids love that business. I don't know if you know this. I mean, you guys can do your own research, but they have a zero spend advertising policy. Zero. It's called zero, okay? What they did instead is they focused on the experience of the customer. They decided to spend the money on the customer experience and take all the marketing budget and delete. So when you go into Lush, there is this feeling that's a little bit different. The way that they're trained to come and reach you, something that happens in the store, the way that they wrap your your gifts. They also have um, the story of like sustainability in their products, and they talk about it, and they get you involved in it. And so you think you get to be a part of a solution of making the world a greener place. All of that has made them extremely successful And they're focusing on the right things, okay? They're focusing on the right things. So we need to focus on engagement. So how are we gonna do that? Well, let me tell you a couple things. First of all, yesterday we talked about starting a podcast. You don't just put the podcast out. I told you yesterday that my daughter was born in the fall. My podcast came out in January. Why didn't I say my podcast came out in January? So I started recording in January because that doesn't make sense. That wouldn't make any sense because I'm not building a runway. And more importantly, because I'm not building an audience first. You have to build a well before you're thirsty, my friend. You have to build the well first. You have to build the well. You have to build a runway. Do you think before the movie hits the box office, they're not going to tell you about it. Of course, they're going to tell you about it. They're building the well. You don't just walk up and go, oh, a Barbie movie. Interesting. I guess I'll buy a ticket to it on the spot. Never heard of it before. No, they're talking about it. It's everywhere. You see little figurines and happy mailboxes of movies before they come out, right? There's posters and trailers. What is that? Engagement. They're engaging you first, okay? So Because I had my own music business before I started the podcast, I was a musician. I was writing music. I think I told you this, but I was writing music for Switch to Birth and Grey's Anatomy and Parks and Rec and One Tree Hill. And that was what I did for 10 years. But I knew from building that business on my own, I was an indie DIY artist. There's a whole article about me in Billboard magazine that said writing her own check because I did podcasting the same way I did music. I got dropped from a record label had to build it myself. So I'm all about being scrappy, right? So, and by the way, if you see somebody who does something one time, you could say, oh, you're really lucky. But if they do something over and over and over again, there's a strategy at play, right? There's something that's working that they just keep adopting and putting it into different places. So that's kind of what I did with podcasting. So I knew I wouldn't just put a podcast out. I would build a runway. So what does that mean? It means, and by the way, if you take my podcasting course after the 4 days I told you you're going to get as much as I'm going to be able to give you I'm not going to hold back I'm going to teach you everything I possibly can in 4 days but if you come with me on the journey and you're with me for a couple months we will implement it together we'll do every single thing I'm teaching you together but that's for that's just going to be for some of you some of you are going to feel totally full from this experience that's the point it was designed for that but what I'm about to tell you is what I did what I did is I said okay I'm going to start now And I'm going to put the podcast up in January, which meant in October, I started recording episodes. I started talking about the podcast. What does that mean? I started to have discussions about this topic. I created a free Facebook group and started asking people, I'm going to have this podcast. Which cover art do you like? I'm going to have this podcast. It's going to be about finding not your job, but your life's work. What are your questions about that? What are the kinds of people that you would want to hear interviewed who have the kind of dream job that you would want to have? We started a conversation, okay? If you think of any brand, if you think of anything that's successful, what do they do? Focus groups. Why? They want the answer key. They want to know their audience. They want to know what you want. A podcast, just like any business, it's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. How do you hit the mark? Know your audience. What's their pain point? Who are you talking to? What do they care about? What breaks their heart? So I started in October and put the podcast up in January. So by the time the podcast came out in January, it was a, wasn't Giant, because again, I don't care about Giant, but there was a nice little core group of human beings who I had touched base with, who I had talked to, who I had asked their opinion. And so by the time the podcast came out, those people listened, okay? And those people, my job, what was my goal? My goal was to be there for them so that they would be obsessed with it, so they would feel like they were a part of it. And then you know what happened? They told somebody. And then you know what happened? They told somebody. And then you know what happened? They told someone. And all along, what was I doing? I was completely and totally immersed and grateful for being with that small group of people. That is what I wanted. You know, you can tell when you're on a date, when somebody's fully there and when someone's like not fully there and they're kind of looking around at like, who else could be on the apps later tonight? That's the worst way to do anything. But when you're all in and you're so there for the three people who showed up, those three people, They become your sales team. They become your marketing department. Those three people turn into 30 and those 30 turn into 3,000 and those 3,000 turn into 30 million. And it doesn't even matter anyway because even with 40 million downloads, okay, there's always, and this is also in the science if you look at the data, it's only about 5% of my audience that is the super, 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 super fan. And those are the people who go with me deeper. They come on my retreats, they take my workshops and they have a visceral relationship with what I do and it impacts them. And that's every business. Every business, it's a small group that's a repeat customer, but that's the whole business. The whole business is really those people, right? The whole business is really the people that come back to the coffee shop over and over and over and over. That's the heart of the business. So at the end of the day, Again, what matters is that you know what you're really doing here. You're not setting out, I said this yesterday, your job really isn't to change the entire world. No, I don't think in your lifetime, you're meant to meet every one of the 8 billion people in the world and you're the person who has the answer for what they, that's not the goal, that's not the point. The point is for you to find your way to the people in this moment, in this life, who you can really impact and to show up for them a hundred percent and they're going to have what they need because you showed up. That's it. That's it. That's each one of us. I'm not everybody's person. I'm just not. I'm not the best person to teach everyone podcasting. I'm not the best person for everybody to listen to on a podcast. That's not a problem. The problem is thinking that's a problem. It's not a problem to not be everyone's person. The problem is that you Think that's a problem. And then you focus all of your energy in the wrong place. So you're going to build super fans. And when people are in my coaching program, that's what we're focused on. Cut out the fat, build the super fans. So I never did things like most people. People would be like, in order to have a business, you need 50,000 people on an email list. And then, and I was like, nope. That doesn't sound right to me. That's weird. I'm not doing that. I'm gonna show up for 10 people and then we're gonna have a good time. Like that's what I did. So I've never bought funnel software. That's not how I am. I don't curate things really. I'm very like myself. And I think that's what actually makes it work, is that I'm myself, right? My friend Jamie Kern Lima sold her business it cosmetics. Does anyone know how much she sold it for? billion, billion with a B. She was a waitress at Denny's. She had rosacea. She went home. She made a foundation because she had to because her face was always feeling like it. She just didn't feel good in her skin and she wanted to help herself and she started helping a few friends. And she went and she met with all these companies and they all told her, no, 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 no. I mean, it's just like, it's everybody's story. They all say, no, 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 no. And then that's what they did. And then she finally went to the home shopping network and they were like, this is the dumbest thing for you to do, my sweet girl, because here's what will happen. You don't understand at the home shopping network. We don't have advertising. And because we don't have advertising, we have to make commission on your product, which means you have to be able to guarantee that you can sell a certain amount of product or else we don't even give you a spot and you could never sell that product because you don't look like Cindy Crawford. And because you're not Cindy Crawford, you should give this up. Anyway, she bet it all on everything we're talking about authenticity super fans she bet it all so she had to have enough product so that they would even let her on because that the way they work is you have to sell enough product. so she maxed out her credit cards took out a loan to get all these tubes of foundation she shows up at the place they're like you didn't bring a model that's the worst idea ever. And she was like, no, I think I'm going to do it different. And I'm just going to be me. And I'm just going to show people my own face, my own body, and how I put this on. And she was terrified. And she got out there and she just was like, you know, I'm just a girl, just like you. I work at Denny's. I made this foundation and da, 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 And look how, it, you know, it, it helps me. Two minutes into the first broadcast, a sign came up that she could see. And it said, sold out. It's sold out. She went back and back. Her product is to date the most highly sold product on that network of all time because she wasn't trying. There was no trying. It was like, hi guys, I'm Jamie. How's it going? And people were like, where's that? What's that? It's happening over there. I don't see any people can't stand perfect. They are repelled by it. Instead, you just go, Hey, here is me, not trying to be perfect. Yeah, I'm a lot like you. Boom. We've got magic, right? What people want is to relate. They want to know that you understand their pain, whatever their pain is. Okay. It can be anything. It's always about what's the pain point. So for me, before I do every podcast, I have it in mind. What's the pain point? Who is the person I'm talking to? And I'm going to give you the answer. Your audience, when you're trying to figure out who is this person, who's my listener, the person's you. It's a person just like you. It's a person who understands because they're just like you. They have the same struggle with their kids. They have the same struggle in their marriage. They have the same struggle with imposter syndrome. That's why they get you. So you don't have to talk to a person who doesn't get you. It's funny, you know, when people start podcasting. They go like this to me. They'll go, "But no one's going to get it." And I go, "Who's no one?" They go, "I don't know. I just feel like everyone, you know, they won't get it." And I'm like, "Who is? Who's the no one? Who's the everyone that doesn't get it?" And then when we boil it down, it's like two people in their life. It's like someone they knew in high school who was rude to them and like an aunt who is is critical. And I go, "But that's not your audience. Your audience is not people that you have to convince and educate. Your audience is someone just like you." Just talk to those people. Yeah, the people who don't get it, they're not listening anyway. They're never going to listen. If you want to have a podcast about the Brady Bunch, I was telling my sister-in-law to do that because she's obsessed with the Brady Bunch. If she wants to have a podcast about the Brady Bunch, her job is not to convince people who didn't like the Brady Bunch to listen to that podcast. They're not interested. That's not a problem. Just talk to people who are obsessed about it. Don't be like, well... I don't know. I mean, most people when I talk, they're like, oh, really? No. What about the four friends you have who love it as much as you? Oh, yeah, there are a few friends of mine. We we love it. We get together. I'm like, that's it. Those are the only people you're talking to. And they're the ones that matter, right? So what you would do is you would start to build the runway. You would start to talk to people. And then you would put it on the calendar that in about eight weeks from the time that you start building the runway, you're going to have your podcast go live, okay? Another thing that you can do between now and then is you make a trailer and you put the trailer up so that people can start subscribing to it now before you even do the episode. And the trailer, by the way, wanna know a secret? I record, even today, when I record a lot of things for my podcasts, trailers, intros, outros, I do it on my phone without a mic. I literally go into my phone and in the phone, native, like comes on my smartphone is like a little voice memo app. I literally go, hey, this is Kathy Heller. So great that you're here. Like That's how I record all of my intros to date. 800 intros I record like that. That was it, you guys. We overcomplicate it. You know why we overcomplicate it? Because we are scared. So we're like, well, here's a good excuse. I don't know the tech. It's like, yeah, that's a big excuse because all you need is Zoom. You can even just use your phone for intros. You can even use your phone to record a podcast. The mic on a phone is quite good. So you could just put up a trailer and let people know this is coming and have people already start subscribing to it. So take a second, take a breath, because I know I've hit you with a lot of stuff, but let's keep going. So when it comes to building an audience, what is it that you need to do? How do you do it? Well, I'm gonna tell you six ways for you to grow your podcast listeners, okay? You can go on other people's podcasts. You can invite people on your podcast who have an audience. And again, it's about super fans. Remember what I said? Super fans. So is it important that the podcast you go on have millions of downloads? No. It matters that they're engaged. It used to be, and I'll go through the list of six, but it used to be that if you had a book coming out, right, you were an author, you might go to Barnes & Noble in Milwaukee you might go to this bookstore or that bookstore, right? How many people would come to a book signing, even for the biggest people? How many do you think? Maybe 50 people? If you go on someone's podcast and they have 150 engaged listeners, that's huge. It's huge. In fact, what we find is that podcast listeners, they listen to more podcasts. They keep listening to podcasts. So they add other podcasts to their queue. So it's about engagement. It's about collecting engaged fans. And how do you do that? By being vulnerable and present and being yourself and being quirky and honest. And that becomes the glue, right? So six ways, go on other podcasts. Number two, invite people on your podcast. What happens if you invite someone in your podcast? That person, they have friends and family, right? They might have a little following. And again, it's not about the how big it is. It's the engagement. Number three, you can do podcast swaps, right? You have somebody on your show and you go on their show, right? Number four, you can post about it on social media or email about it. If you don't have a social media account or tell, tell, tell your friends and family text about it. Number five. You can find Facebook groups that already are engaged in this topic, and you can become a social person in that group where you are naturally organically helpful, and you're talking about how you're starting a podcast about scrapbooking, and there you are in a group of scrapbookers, right? Social media is about being social, okay? It's just about really being social. Most people, the reason they hate social media is because they just sit there and look at other people and they feel like they're at a party standing in the corner looking at the party. The way that you really use social media to do beautiful things is the same way you would talking to somebody at the party and going, tell me about you, right? Say more about you. Engage with people. Number six is you can give back to people who become your ambassador, right? You can be giving back to them in so many ways. So when I started my podcast, Right away, before the podcast came out in January, the October before that, I started a free Facebook group. And again, you're gonna say, but nobody will join. Yeah, when I started and I had like 11 friends join the Facebook group, but you know what I did? I showed up live once a week and I was like, hey guys. And I was just there with whoever was there. And then people would have a good time. They would invite one of their friends. And then I would say, what do you guys need? How can I help you guys meet each other? Or what can I do? And we started to connect. And then I would give away Stuff like some, and when I say stuff, I don't mean physical stuff. I mean, if they said to me, what I need is insight or what I need is somebody who could help me be a resource, I started to show up live and give my feedback or I would post and say, somebody in this group is looking for someone to help them with their script. Does anyone know anyone? Somebody in this group is looking to shadow somebody who's wants to start a restaurant. Does somebody know someone? Like it became a cool thing. And then we started to create meetups for our fans in different cities. And we had people meeting up in Pasadena, like a group of like 25 people. They Instead of having a book club, it was like a podcast club. And we created questions for every episode that people could ask each other at the end of episodes so they could listen and then meet up and discuss it and say like, okay, that was a cool episode that Kathy did, but how could I take the takeaways from there? And how could I then really integrate that into my life? Another thing that we did since episode one is we list the takeaways at the end of the episode. So like, we'll do an episode and then at the end, I'll say, okay, here are the takeaways. Number one, remember, boom, boom, boom. Number two, try this. Number three, try that. Then you know what we do? We put the takeaways in our show notes. So it's like a workshop, right? Right. Then we started doing a second episode, and for a while, what we did with the second episode is we would read letters from people in our Facebook group, and we would answer their questions. So we made them a part of the show, right? So we want to engage with people. We want to engage with people, and we want to know that business is not a numbers game. It's a people's game. It's people. It's honestly like I'm telling you that your job, if you want to make a huge impact, if you want to have tons of fun, if you want to make millions of dollars, no joke, no joke, no joke, I'm telling you, your job is to set out to make a thousand friends and not overnight. You can make a thousand friends over the next five years, you'll do great. Because if you get to a hundred good friends by the end of the year, you can turn that into more opportunity than you can imagine right now. If you have a hundred people who are obsessed with you, that's your job. That's your job. So it's about building this deep, deep engagement. We have so much that we want to go over with you. And it's so hard for me when I get to this point and I'm like, I I have to do the giveaways now. And there's so much more I want to teach you. By the way, that's why we do a two month coaching program, because it is sort of like a crime against humanity that you're not starting your podcast. And there's only so much I'm going to be able to do in four days, but I'm hopeful because we've done these before that you will leave these four days and be like, it was so good because at least I got like four or five pieces and now I can start implementing them. And some of you and only some of you you'll say, I wanna be with you for eight weeks and then we'll do all of these things together. And we'll talk about that later on this week. But I get this feeling of like, oh my God, there's so much else I wanna teach you, but I, I need to do the giveaways. So we're gonna do the giveaways. We're gonna come back tomorrow. We're gonna keep building on this. And when we talk tomorrow, we're gonna focus on revenue. We're gonna focus on monetizing. Okay, I'm gonna just look over here because my team has been gathering the homework winners. Amazing. Okay, so Colleen is telling me that four of the six claimed prizes from yesterday. So we have two more to announce from the giveaways. Ooh, that's exciting. Did you hear what she just said? This is big. We are only giving away these prizes to people who are here live. So what we just found out, this is like in Willy Wonka when it turns out there's a golden ticket left. She's saying that when they did the research to find out if all six of those people were here live, it turned out that two of them were not there to claim it because they weren't there live. So they chose two people who were here live. I love that. I love rewarding people for effort and for presence because presence is the most important thing you can ever give the whole world. So the two people who are winners from yesterday because you showed up live yesterday, Heather Darcy Wadsworth and Marie Skye. That's gorgeous. Congratulations. Now we have more winners to announce and hopefully they're here live. And if not, we'll do our due diligence and then we'll tell you about it. But the people we're going to announce now did their homework yesterday. And so they're winning the Marc Jacobs tote, the microphone, the headphones. It's so much fun. Beats headphones, Yeti microphone. It's pink. It's cute. And a Marc Jacobs bag. We have three more winners for that. We're going to post homework again today and then we're going to announce winners again tomorrow. All right? I'm also going to tell you something else really fun. We're going to do another $1,000 giveaway tomorrow. And for that, you are going to take a screenshot now and you're going to post in your Instagram story and tag me and just say one thing that you love that you're learning about podcasting or one thing that you're loving about this bootcamp and tag me at kathy.heller. That's it. And we will pick one person who does that because I can see in my Instagrams, I can see everybody who's tagged me and we'll pick one of those people and we will announce you live tomorrow for the thousand dollars. Okay. In any case, we're going to announce right now the three winners from yesterday's homework. We're going to put up homework tomorrow. We're going to announce another three winners. We're just going to keep having fun with this. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about monetization It's huge. I want to tell you all the different ways that you can monetize a podcast, not just sponsorships, but sponsorships, yes. How do you get sponsorships? I also want to talk to you about all the different sources of revenue that are right here, like sitting at your feet, okay? So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. If you are in the VIP room, which I see you, I'm going to stay on with you. If you guys want to join in the VIP room, you can go to kathyhow.com slash upgrade and you can join us in the VIP room tomorrow, today and tomorrow and all the days that we're going to do VIP rooms. All right, the winners from yesterday's homework, Lucia Reynolds, Mary Hanlon, and Sid Maxwell. Lucia Reynolds, Mary Hanlon, and Sid Maxwell, congratulations. That's super, super fun. We're gonna make sure that you guys are here live to claim your prizes. If not, we will give it to somebody else who is here live today, who also did their homework. I am so excited for you. I said to you at the beginning that I know that this can be overwhelming. But the truth of the matter is, you guys, that it is always the case that when you say that you're doing something and you're all in, it's amazing. It's amazing the synchronicity. You know, when I started a podcast, I never said, I'm trying to do a podcast. I said, I'm doing a podcast. And what I mean is there's a difference energetically when you are trying versus when you say, this is it. This is what I'm doing. This is my calling, right? And speaking of Jenna Fisher from The Office, I had her on the podcast and she said to me that a bunch of her friends, she moved out to LA from St. Louis and she had told her parents, I'll go out for six months and I'll I'll have this little money I have saved. And if I don't get a part in Hollywood by six months, I'll come home. And six months came and went. And a bunch of her friends were doing just that. They're like, I'm going to pack it in. I'm going home. I'm leaving LA. And she called her parents and she said, she tells this story on my podcast. She said, mom, I'm not coming home. I'm just going to do this. Like, this is it. I'm doing this. And I'm not giving it like, oh, unless it works out by this. She's like, I'm just doing it. And you know what happened? A few weeks later, her next door neighbor, Jason Siegel, they were living in this apartment building complex together. She said, you want to do something? And he said, yeah, let's do something. And they made their own, I don't even want to call it a movie. She said it was too long to be a TV show episode and too short to be a movie. It was like in the middle. That in of itself is funny. But you want to know what they did? They made a mockumentary about people working in a nonprofit, having no idea that the office even existed or that she'd ever auditioned for the office. And then they did a little screening They had so much fun. They did a little screening for their friends. And they wound up getting it into this tiny little nothing festival. And they were so happy with it because it was just so much fun. And this woman who was casting The Office called her and said, I need you to come down. What you created is exactly what I'm casting. And she's like, what? What do you mean? That's so weird. She's like, yeah, we're doing this show. And it's like a documentary about like a random business. And she's like, okay. And so she went to the audition and she said, she tells the story on my podcast. She said, I thought to myself, if I'm right, then I'm not going to get my hair blown out. I'm going to wear, she had been a hostess at Long John Silver. She goes, if I'm right, I'll wear the pants, the khaki pants from my hostess job. And I'll just go in there. And she got to the audition and every girl was like done to the nines. And she looked Ridiculous. Like she never had gone to an audition like that. And she was sitting there like, Oh my God, I can't wait to get home. And she walked in and they said, all we're going to do is interview you as, as if you're the receptionist at this place under Mifflin. And she goes, okay. And she sits down and they say to her one question. Her whole audition was one question. They go, so your name is Pam. Okay. She goes, okay. They go, Pam, do you like being a receptionist? And she said that she just went like this. No. And they started dying laughing. She said, the pause, it was the long pause. She just, no. She said, Greg Daniels was dying laughing. And he goes, you just nailed it. That is it. She got the part and she goes, oh my God, little did we know that the thing we just did for the last 10 months was my audition. I'm gonna be cast in this pilot. This is insane. What I'm telling you is, We can sit here and talk about logic and reason and evidence, but we all know that the things in our lives that have been the most magical involve synchronicity, and the synchronicity only happens when you show up and you're in flow and you are grateful and happy and available and alive, because then... It's a theta complete. It's like you've just given yourself over to this. And so tomorrow I'll tell you a huge story about synchronicity that happened to me with my podcast, which is one of my favorite stories to tell. I cannot wait to tell you that story. And I know there are some of you that are like on the fence about creating a platform, making this kind of impact, having a podcast, all the things that can happen from it. But there are some of you that there's a part of you that just knows. I'm doing this anyway, because time will pass anyway, but at least I'll be doing this. I'll be working towards being authentically expressed in my life and making a space where people feel seen, even if it's a small group of a thousand people out of 8 billion. And if that's you, then come back tomorrow. All right. We are having so much fun. I'm going to hang out in the VIP room. I hope you guys had a great time today. I can't wait till tomorrow.